we might come back to a bit of worship. Um, we're just kind of leaving things fairly open for the next portion of our, of our time together. I mentioned at the start that um, Mike was um, planned to be here today. He was going to be preaching. He'd been planning something to share with us. Uh, but he's not been very well, and the, the, to this morning he's just really not in any, any position to be able to come in. He needs rest, we completely recognise that, and actually we said to him from the outset, we said, if you can't be here, don't be, it's fine. Uh, and so, uh, and then when that call comes in, you're kind of thinking, okay, what are we doing then with our time today? But by the time that Mike had actually messaged me to say that he wouldn't be able to be here, I'd already felt God stirring something on my heart that I felt was to share today. And I was already kind of thinking, actually, where's that going to fit? Uh, how much of it do I share now in terms of the timing and everything? So we're going to have spoken it through with Pete and we feel actually I'm going to share what God's laid on my heart. And then we're just going to see what God wants to do with it. I've asked a few people around the room to be praying in terms of where we go after I've shared. So we're just trusting that God's going to lead this time. Uh, he's faithful, isn't he? And, and actually... If he's stirred this within us, then we trust he's going to be with us through this time. Um, I say it's something that I've been thinking on this morning uh, ahead of coming in today. But actually, what I want to share is something that I've been thinking on. It's been kind of in my thoughts and on my heart for, for a little while now that I've just been pondering on and, and thinking through. But it felt like actually this morning it, it was kind of significantly on my heart and on my mind today. You know where sometimes you can be thinking of something in the background a bit, but then all of a sudden it's like, hang on a minute, this feels quite, quite significant for this moment. And so I just want to share, I'm going to put it to you and say, I think actually this is what God is saying to us as a church at the, at the moment. And then we'll, we'll consider that together. I think there's going to be an element of prayer that comes in off the back of it, but then we'll see, um, see what happens. Um, it's exciting, actually. We, we've we believe that God speaks today, don't we? Uh, and so we want to, uh, and we love that he speaks through his word, um, which is why we do. We spend time in the word every week, but we also trust God uses gifting as well, and he speaks to us, uh, so let's uh, give to that. Pete, you offered to pray for me, didn't you, at the start? Can you come and do that, please? Yeah, God, I thank you that you are a God that speaks. Lord, and when you speak, you bring life. Lord, I thank you for this, this prophetic burden that you've, um, you've put upon Sam for this morning. Lord, and, and even in the place where he wasn't sure how much to share, where do I share it, how does it fit? Um, just in your grace of working all things out for good, even where Mike is ill and can't be with us. Lord, you still turn it out for good, that we still get to hear from your heart and what you have for us, Lord. And so I just pray for Sam now, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that as he speaks, he will speak as one with authority. Lord, I pray that he will be led so clearly by your spirit, know what to say and what not to say. And I pray for us in hearing what you have to say to us, God. I pray, help us to be a people who hear, who weigh and test all things, but then who obey where we need to, Lord. I pray, help us with that application, we pray. Lord, we don't want to stay still. We don't want to be a people who's just ears are tickled by 
hearing things that are good and challenging, but okay, that was good and walk away. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that actually as Sam is speaking to us, Lord, it will impart faith to us to step into all that you have for us as your church, as your bride. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so really the, the overriding thing I want to talk about, I feel God's been laying on us. I just want to share is I feel like actually he's been speaking to me a lot about joy. Uh, and I feel actually that he wants to lead us into a season of growing in joy and strengthening joy among us. The, it has, as I say, it's been on my mind a lot, but significantly this morning as I was thinking it, it came through. So I just want to share where I'm at with that and what I feel God is saying to us. Um, and you mentioned at the start that we have these times of prayer at the beginning, uh, of, well, from about 10 o'clock onwards, we have a time of prayer for those who are around where we really seek God, we kind of commit the morning to Him, we ask Him to come and be speaking. Actually, God, is there anything you want us to be aware of before we even head into our time of, of um, worship together? And the thing I shared with those who were here this morning, I really felt on my way in today that, you know how if you go to a, a gig, whether it's a, a, a musician or a band or um, like a comedian, fairly often they'll have a, someone who comes on before them, a warm-up act, to prepare the crowd, the audience, to get them ready, to get them focused, to already get them in a good mood, hyped up, ready for when the main event comes on. And I've really felt this morning, actually, when we come to these times of prayer we have to, in the morning, they're not, um, they're not warm-up acts. They're not before the main event comes on, where we're just trying to get a little bit warmed up and ready, trying to get hyped up, ready for when the main event comes. Actually, as soon as we come before God, it's the main thing. It's the main thing of what we're doing is to be delighting in him uh, and coming to him. This is something I read uh, the other day that really struck me about the preciousness of prayer is to realize that actually when we come to pray, we are talking to the one who loves us the most out of anyone in the universe. So whenever we come to pray, it's not a warm up thing. It's it's the main thing of what it is that we're coming to do. And so I'd already I'd shared that with the group and and hopefully it encouraged us in our time of really focusing on what it is we're coming to do and why we're coming to do it. And again, as I mentioned earlier, it's such a precious time. Please do come along uh, for these prayer times. Um, They're really, really wonderful. But I felt um, when I was walking in, I I was thinking, yes, you have these warm-up acts for, for all sorts of gigs that you might go to or events that you might go to, but it was specifically comedians that was on my mind. I thought, actually, a warm-up act for a comedian. And there was something there where I was already thinking about joy. But then I was thinking, and I was thinking, actually, this sense of, this expectation of that, as we come together, there's something really meaningful of joy within the, within the, the body of God, the people of God gathering together. We spoke last week, we speak of it often, but I really felt last week to start our time by thinking about when we, why do we come together? Why is it important that we give this time each week, or not just on Sundays, but whenever we gather with others throughout the week? Why are those times so important? And we thought a little bit last week about how actually it's those times that strengthen us and encourage us for the times where we're not together, where we're scattered, so that actually we can live godly lives in the places where God has called us to, where we can be faithful and bold witnesses for him. But we need these times gathered together to strengthen us, to encourage us, to teach us, to instruct us, to fuel us for that. We need it. And I've really been feeling, actually, that there's something of joy that should be evident and present when the people of God gather together. 
And that, again, in that sense of we need it, in that sense of being strengthened and encouraged and built up for the day-to-day, wherever we are. And I'm very aware when I'm saying this that there are a number of people who are going through incredibly difficult times at the moment. And so the thought of joy might seem a very alien or far-off concept. Or maybe thinking, yeah, but I don't necessarily know if this word is relevant to me at this time. And I just want to say, actually, I think this word is for all of us. I think this calling to experience and encounter and be strengthened by joy that comes through being the people of God is for each and every single one of us. And that actually it can reach into even the very darkest of moments that we go through, even the very darkest of struggles that we go through. And it has to, because actually that is the hope of the gospel. That is the good news of the gospel. And so when I was thinking about comedy shows... I was thinking, the reason you go to a comedy show, you don't go to a comedy show to be strengthened or built up, you go there to be entertained. And I really felt God say, yeah, but the kind of joy that I'm talking about, we don't come here on a Sunday to be entertained. It's not that kind of joy. It is that joy that really undergirds us and strengthens us and enables us to even just face the day ahead. That enables us to to face the week ahead and, and whatever comes our way within that. And I really do feel... Actually, God is leading us into a season of growing in joy. And I think it is such a significant thing for whichever community of God's family you belong to, it's something that we need to, everyone needs to be growing in and walking in and deepening in. Nehemiah. Right, let's kind of base this in Scripture a little bit. Neo, that sounded terrible. I didn't mean that. Let's base this in, in Scripture because we need to. Because what I'm saying here isn't... It's not just a random thought, actually, it's rooted in the Word of God. Prophetic gift has to be, doesn't it? Weighed and tested against what Scripture says, so let's get into the Scriptures. That's a much better way of explaining it than my first thing. So, Nehemiah, chapter 8. Book of Nehemiah, we find ourselves at a time in Israel's history where they've been exiled from Jerusalem, okay, so they've been taken into captivity. Uh, and when Nehemiah is uh, one of the leaders within, uh, within the, the Israelite people, within God's people, is at a time where a number of them were returning from exile back to Jerusalem with the purpose of rebuilding the city and re-establishing themselves there. So they've been in a place of being far away from home, of being under oppression, of, being, uh, of suffering and of struggle, and God is starting to lead them back out of it. But they've been in the wilderness, they've been in exile for about 50 years at this point. Okay? So there's a, a, a group that are starting to return. And this is where we see leaders like Ezra, Nehemiah are raised up at this time. And um, part, we find in Nehemiah 8, Nehemiah comes to the people. And there's a lot here of reminding them of the law, of the life that God has called them to. But it's also approaching a festival for them, the Festival of Booths, so it was a time of festivity for them. And it's at this time where Nehemiah speaks this to the people. So bearing in mind the context of where they find themselves and what they're coming out of, this isn't a time of great freedom and prosperity for them. It's actually a time of real, of real difficulty that they've been having to walk through and that God has been leading them through. So Nehemiah 8 verse 9 says, Nehemiah, uh, who was... Just, let me just make sure I'm reading from the right place. I am. Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. 
For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So in the midst of the situation in which they found themselves, their leaders come to them and they say, actually, this is a time of sharing what you have with one another. Actually, this is a time where we need to rejoice for all that God has done for us. And actually, we are not to be grieved by our circumstances. We're not to be grieved by the state in which we find ourselves or the place in which we find ourselves. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. That was the encouragement of the leaders to the people. Actually, there is joy to be found. And it's not an entertainment joy. It's not a joy that's surface level. It's a joy that brings strength. It's a joy that brings reinforcement. It's a joy that underpins us and lays foundations that we live our lives upon. And as we press on into all the things that God has for us. And so what happens is that as the people rejoiced in God and as they delighted in his presence, he would show himself strong to help them and to defend them. Can you see why when I'm saying we're talking about joy, it's not light entertainment that will leave me feeling good for an hour or so. I might go to a comedy show because it will help me. It will give me something fun to talk about for the next two days. It won't set me up for life. It, It won't. The joy that it brings... It will make me feel better, and it's important that we have times of fun and joy. But actually, that is not what I feel that God is calling us to. I have to say, actually, I've had a huge amount of fun this morning in that sort of just enjoying being together. Even from the first moment with Ian being a rascal on the doorbell. I, from that point on, I've just been able to really enjoy times of laughter and fun with people. And those are really important. I think that's such an important part of being God's people together is enjoying being together and having fun and laughing. It's good for us. It's good for our souls. It's good for our mental health. It's good. (coughs) Laughing is is great. And that plays a part in it. But the joy deeper than that, at another dimension to it, is the joy that comes from knowing who God is, in rejoicing in him, in delighting in his presence. And as we do so, he shows himself strong to help us and to defend us in whatever life brings our way. Psalm 28, verse 7. Very similarly, the psalmist was able to write this. In the situation in which they found themselves, they said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. Can we see this whole thing of joy and being uh, and the strength of God and um, being able to, it results in thanksgiving and it results in praise. And so it's this picture that is built up through scripture. Actually, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is strength to be found in rejoicing in him, in delighting in him, being in his presence, of being reminded of who he is and reminded of what he has done. 
Last week in our time of, I think it was last week in our time of prayer where we were gathered before, there was a, a couple of people who had similar thoughts that they shared and as they each shared it just built uh, greater encouragement to us. And it was this sense of raising your expectations, this level of God wants to pour out his blessings on his people when they gather together. And then I think it was Lou, correct me if I'm wrong Lou, but you, the thing that you said is that it wasn't just some of his blessings, it was all of his blessings. And that actually God wasn't going to just pour out in, in short measure his blessings, but actually everything that he has available to us, he wants to give to us. Caught as we gather together. So the full display of God's blessing upon his people as they meet together. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul starts his letter with this. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That came up last week as well, didn't it? The fact that we've been chosen before the foundation of the world. And actually, it's in Christ that we have received every spiritual blessing. And so I think, actually, a big part of what it is for us as the people of God to grow in joy together is to be those that rejoice in and share and experience and encounter every blessing of God together. If we go back to Nehemiah, what are they told to do? As Nehemiah is speaking, as I mentioned, it's at this time of this festival coming up. It's a day that has been a time that has been set apart for festivities, for remembrance, for rejoicing, uh, time actually for repentance, of reflection, maybe even of grief and of mourning in, in certain ways. But what they're told to do is that they're to they're to um, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and then do what? Send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. Can you see there's this whole community aspect of sharing in the blessings of God together? That what you have received from God, actually we're to share with one another. So for those who feel like, actually, I don't have anything ready, I don't have anything to give, actually, it's, all right, let me share this with you. Let me share this blessing that God has put in my life. Let me share with you what God is doing. And it's all worked out within community. It's all worked out in being the people of God, the sharing of God's blessings. And I really, I do feel, not to labour the point, but hopefully you're getting this. This is what I want to present to you. What I feel that God has laid on my heart for us is that this is to be a season of growth and strengthening Worked out in community as we share and participate in God's blessings together. And I do think that actually what, that would be a real significant way in which we grow in joy, in who God is, and in what God has done, is it has to be worked out together. I think there are absolutely, absolutely there are moments where, in terms of us individually, there will be an increase of joy. But we need one another. We need to be reminded of what God has done. We need to be reminded of what he is doing. We need to be reminded of the promises. Because I think it's in all those places where our attention is drawn back to God. That is where our joy is found. Because it's him. He is the source of our joy. He is the source of our strength. He is the source of our delight. He is the source of our rejoicing. And I know for myself far too often, particularly if I'm in one of those valley, valley seasons... 
It's easier for my eyes to drop and to look on my circumstances and for my joy to decrease. And I need others to gather around me and to lift my head and to fix my eyes back on the one who brings me joy and who gives me joy. And it's in that place that I'm strengthened. I know God will meet us individually, absolutely. But we need to recognise, why, why in God's wisdom has he chosen to gather his people together collectively? Because we need one another. And actually, if we're going to grow in joy, if we're going to be strengthened in joy, then it has to be worked out together. This isn't just going to be me giving an encouraging talk for a few moments one Sunday, and then we're going to go away and be like, right, we're going to be more joyful now. It's not going to work that way. I feel like God's wanting to provoke us and say, actually, I've got this for you, but this is something that we need to to commit to. This is something that we need to, to work on together. We need to work through together. I mentioned that um, this time in Nehemiah was around this festival. Was, um, if my understanding is correct, it was the Festival of Booths. And as part of that time, they would spend time reminding one another of how God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt and how he had sustained them and carried them through their time through the wilderness. So in terms of the Festival of Booths would have been around like the, the tabernacle and the, the things that they were able to have with them in their time in the, to remind them of the time in the wilderness. And so actually a big part of what they were doing that stirred joy and stirred rejoicing within them is to remind, be reminded of God's faithfulness to his people, how he'd never left them, how he led them through. And I, I mentioned a moment ago, actually within that there'd be repentance that needed to come on their part as well. And I think actually, it's just kind of just that moment, I think actually we, we, not to view repentance and joy as being polar opposites because we can sometimes feel actually if I'm in a place of needing to repent that's where we can feel guilty can't it and we can feel bad but actually I think there's joy that comes through repentance because repentance brings freedom and because we know that actually whenever we ask for forgiveness he is quick and faithful to forgive and actually it can only be a good thing for us in our relationship with God amen so I think actually, maybe that's something for us to consider as well, whether there's places of repentance that need to come that will actually enable us to enter even more so into joy because we have been forgiven and because we know we'll receive grace. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it can only be a good thing for us. So the present season in which we find ourselves as a church, I think for, for a long while now, we felt that there's something new that God is going to do. I honestly feel there's a real hunger to see in our town being impacted through us as a church. I know that there's a deep hunger to see people getting saved and added to the family of God. We've also going through a time where uh, leadership's changed a little bit. So I'm a, a, an elder still, but not employed by the church. Pete, an elder still, but now employed by the church. And so there's been real transitions going on there. And we're thinking a lot about actually how does that work itself out? Not just within the eldership, but wider leaders and even beyond that. So we're in a season of, of change and trans, transition. God's been incredibly faithful and kind to us in that. And he's um, so, so um, grateful for that and full of thanks for that. But we're also thinking in terms of, okay, so what is it that God has for us? What impact can we be having in our communities? Who are the people that God wants us to reach? We're praying actually that God would bring people across our path, that he would lead us to people that we can bless and serve and love and do good to. And there's a temptation that as we're in a season where we're, we're thinking about what is to come, we can start thinking about 
What programs can we do? How are things going to be structured? What strategies do we need? And it's not to say that those things are bad. But actually, I feel that when we're in this season that we're in, and we are thinking about what is to come, and how do we get there, what's, what is God going to do, and what's the responsibility for us to do? There's, it's how partnership with God works, isn't it? God will do what only he can, and yet he calls us to do, and be obedient with what he's called us into as well. And this has really been on, on my mind as well. And I read something, there's a, a bishop in Minnesota, I'm not overly familiar with him, I'm going to confess, but his name is Craig Lawyer. And he said this, which I just feel is so significant for us as we're considering joy, growing in, strengthening in joy, and the season that we're in. He said, what we most need as a church is not more efficient management or more exciting programs, but a people who are alive and laughing with the uncontainable, contagious joy at the God who can always bring about what seems impossible through those who seem incapable. I'm going to say that again because there's quite a lot to, to take in there. So why? why? Why joy? Why am I not up here speaking about programs and strategies? Why? Because what we most need as a church is not more efficient management or more exciting programs but a people who are alive <coughs> and laughing with an uncontainable contagious joy at the God who can always bring what seems impossible through those who seem incapable. We, more than anything, we need to be growing more and more in love with Jesus. And as that happens, we will grow in joy at the God who can always bring what seems impossible through those who seem incapable. Keeps our eyes focused on him. Keeps our ears turned to him. But it's something that we need to be purposeful in cultivating. As I said, there are things that God will do. There's work that only God can do through his power, through his spirit, through his grace, through his wisdom, through his knowledge. But actually there are things that he's called us to partner with him. He's not saved us and then said, right, just take a back seat and watch what I do. He says, look at what I've called you into. Look at what you can join in with me in. We have the great joy of being those who see the kingdom of God advance as we're obedient to his leading and his calling on our life. And I, so I think, actually, this is something that we need to be purposeful in cultivating, which is why I'm saying it's more than just a 15, 20-minute encouragement from the front one Sunday. I think this is something that we need to consider. Uh, we need to think about, actually, what then do we do with what God has said? Last week, when actually over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about why do we gather to pray? What's the benefit of corporate prayer? And we've looked at a number of reasons. Uh, and one of the reasons we looked a little bit more at depth in um, last week was that, let me see, that prayer in the church reminds us of our unity in the faith. And we thought a little bit last week about how actually unity isn't something that we don't create it. The unity that we have is a gift from God. It's through his action. He's called us first and foremost to be united to Christ. And then through his spirit, we're united to one another. And if you look around this room, outside of church, many of us probably would never... This sounds terrible. 
we might have we might have had nothing to do with one another just because we wouldn't have found ourselves in in similar circles. And there's a great deal of differences among us. And actually, that's testament to the beauty of God's family and of the people that God is calling together. And it's the unity that we find in who he's made us in Jesus. We have him in common. And so we don't create unity, but we're called to maintain it. We're called to pay attention to it. We're called to cultivate it and strengthen it. Not to take it lightly, not to take it for granted, but to recognise how precious a gift it is and to press on and persevere and, and be purposeful in maintaining it. And I feel it's something similar with joy. We don't make the joy that we're talking about, we don't make it by trying harder or being funny or whatever it might be. It's a joy that comes from the source of our joy is God. So he's the one that creates it. He's the one that gives it to us. But we also need to cultivate it. We need to maintain it. And we need to be strengthened in it. And we each have a part to play within that. Individually, what can we do? Take time to be with the source of your joy. How are we individually going to be joyful in God if we're not spending time with him? Take time to be with the source of our joy. I feel like over the last year or so, what's coming through, not just for us locally, but what I'm hearing, uh, even a big thing of the call conference that we went to for Relational Mission, was about really um, prioritising time with God. And it seems like an obvious thing to say, but far too easily it's the thing that gets pushed to one side or moved to one side in the busyness of life or in meetings or in doing things rather than just being with him and I feel like there's this fresh calling not just locally but it feels like something that's going on much much wider than that don't forget your first love make sure your priority is time with God because time with God then fuels everything else every other relationship we have works its way out of that priority relationship that we have so take time to be with the source of our joy and I feel like even just as a first step let's keep doing that let's keep doing that if it's something we're struggling with it let's be let's take steps to making that time it takes time to build in any habits good or bad it takes time but let's persevere and build healthy habits of time with God and then one other thing that we can do, just as initial first steps, this is why I'm saying I want to give this to you and I feel like this is something we need to work out together. Some of you will have much better ideas than I have in terms of how do we grow in this together. But I think as first steps, take time to be with the source of our joy. And secondly, sharing God's blessings as a family has to play a part within this. Yes, when we gather together on a Sunday, but throughout the week as well. Let's be purposeful. In thinking through actually how can we be sharing God's blessings together as a family. Being reminded of his faithfulness. Being reminded of his goodness. Experiencing his faithfulness and his goodness and his kindness together. Just like the Israelites were called to share what you had. Maybe for those who at this time aren't prepared and don't have anything. Give them what you have. So that they can also partake in the, in the festival 
of the rejoicing and of the, of, of the joy that's to be found there. Um, Pete, you, did you want to sh- share what you had felt this morning, or are you happy to... to or we can do some, maybe get to praying, or... Yeah, yeah. Don't mind? Let's share one thing briefly. One thing briefly. God was speaking to me about joy this morning as well. I just want to add a third application point, I think. Um, So I felt to start, I just finished the book of Mark, and I felt to start with 1 Peter 1 this morning. And in there, it says, so 1 Peter 1 verse 6, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. It's talking about our salvation. That's what we rejoice in. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, for it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, has anyone seen Jesus right here, right now, like in the flesh in front of them? No? Good. So you're in the same camp as who Peter's talking to. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Do you love Jesus? Yes? Still in the same camp. Though you do not um, see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. Ah, that's interesting. I don't feel like very often I rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. This is a challenge to me. And filled with glory. I don't very often feel filled with glory, if I'm honest. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And there is something in that which is actually saying... We can rejoice with this joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory because we're looking forward to the day when Jesus comes and we shall see him as he is and we will be like him. I think as part of all of this as well, we need to be looking to when Jesus comes again. And I don't mean estimating the day he comes again, but I mean letting that, the weight of what that means affect us here in the now. And I think one thing that very much ties in with that would be, we look to Jesus. We're, we're, when, when we're told to look to Jesus as an example for when we're going through difficult times and through trials, it says in Hebrews that we look to him and he went through them for the joy set before him. That was for us. And that is even more so for the day where he comes again to be with us. That is producing joy in him to get through that trial. And there is just something, I think, where we don't consider much. The true wonder, the joy and the delight that will be there when Jesus comes again. And I just encourage us, as, as a people together, make time this week. I say this week, maybe even make time today, because if we don't do these things, we forget so quickly. Make time to consider, start thinking about, what is it going to be like on that day when Jesus comes back? What is that going to be like? And let's learn to cultivate lives where we think upon that a lot. Because I think that's going to help lead to us being filled with joy inexpressible. I had something to add, and now talking to you, I've forgotten what it was, Pete. No, it's my fault. I started talking to you. <laughs> it's going to come back to me at like when I'm trying to when I'm trying to sleep. 
who will come and get me. That's when it usually gets me. Um, it's come back. I knew if I waffled for long enough, it would come back. <laughs> I do... Um, I d obviously, whenever we share something like this, we have to... Together, we weigh it, and we test it, and we think, actually, how does, the, how does it sit with us? How does it line up with Scripture? What's the common feeling? But I do feel, actually, in terms of bringing it to you, is that for us, you know, sometimes you talk about what are the kind of distinguishing features of churches. I really feel that there's potential here for this to be a joy in God, has the potential to be a real distinguishing feature of us as Faversham Community Church, that we are known as a people who are joyful. Again, not a funny people, a, a people who are, have deep joy. And that actually, that can, that can only be good for our community. It's good for us, but it can only be good for our town and for our community and the places where God's called us to live if we are a people who are just full of deep, deep joy. And so that's what I wanted to share. I think there's going to be an element of us going away and thinking about this, praying about this, talking about it in growth groups. Actually, that could be a really good starting place for us. Um, but let's, let's pray, shall we, for this? Um, and my, um, just initially, may I invite you, if you are someone that you're like, actually, yeah, I want to grow in joy. I want to grow in the joy of the Lord. May I invite you to stand? And I want to pray for us. It's fine if sometimes we can feel pressure to be like, oh, I have to stand because everyone's standing. You don't. You don't. There's freedom if, to do that. If you're not in that place, that's absolutely fine. Maybe you're already super joyful <laughs> already. But um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not just standing because I was already up here. <laughs> I'm standing because I, I know I really need to grow in the joy of, of the Lord. So... Um, should we open up our arms? You know, we hold open our hands to receive something, don't we? Something to be placed in it. And if we're saying actually this joy is something that God gives, then just as a sign of that, should we open up our arms and, and, uh, and just receive what he has? Father, oh Lord, I want to thank you that right from the very beginning you have been the source of joy. Lord, I want to thank you when... Father, Son, and Spirit were, were coexisting before anything else was made. That was a unity of joy. And Lord, through your grace to us, you've invited us in to be partakers of that very same life. Father, we recognise that actually there are so many things in, in our lives that can rob us of joy. That can take our eyes off of you, that can... Make us forget who you are, what you've done, what you've promised you will do, what you are to do. Lord, I want to thank you for just stirring our hearts again today to consider joy once more. To think about what it is that you have for us. We're not ungrateful at all for what you have done to bring us to this point. We're not standing here as a people devoid of joy at all, but we recognise that actually, Lord, we think there's more to come. Because we know that you are a generous God. And because we know that day by day you are calling us to grow ever deeper in love with you. And to be ever closer in unity with one another. So Lord we pray would you come. 
And would you fill us with joy? To the very deepest parts of our being, would you fill us with joy that comes from the security of knowing you? I pray that you would remind us daily of your faithfulness to us. I pray that daily you would excite us to be part of your ongoing mission to see in your kingdom advance. I pray that daily you would provide what we need to keep us growing in joy, Lord, whether that's encouragement of others, whether it's encouragement from the word, whether it's answers to prayer. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that daily we would be growing in joy, that daily we would be strengthened in you because of the joy that we have in who you are and of what you've done and what you will do. Lord, I pray that as we go away from this place and consider these words, would you help us to take hold of what is of you, to let go of what is not? But Lord, would you help us, show us, actually, how are we to respond to what we feel that you are saying to us? Lord, I pray that this is not something that will fizzle out within the next few days or few weeks. But Lord, we just trust that actually this is a key moment that we will be able to look back on in years to come and say, actually, God spoke to us and he's been faithful to us, faithful to us in seeing this through. But Lord, before we look too far down the line, we say today, Lord, would you come and just deposit joy in us? Lord, for those who are particularly really feeling unjoyful at this time, whether through circumstance or situation, I pray just bring joy. Lord, would you just drop it in, into their hearts, deposit something there that will do them good Lord, that's, I think that's it for me my temptation can be to be starting to think down the line, down the line, down the line but Lord even today would you just start us off in, in, in the right place today as we respond to what you're saying come and do a good work in us we pray in Jesus name Amen just um keep where we're at, just keep communing with God, um, praying with God. Sam said something earlier about um, share. I feel like there's something here where we need to pray for each other. And just, um, if you feel comfortable, um, just please don't lay a hand on someone who is not comfortable with that. Um, but just turn to the people around you. Just and just, We don't have to pray hard prayers. We can just pray simple prayers. God bring your joy. God bring your joy. God bring your joy. He knows, he knows our hearts. So yeah, I just feel like to just just turn to someone near you and just start praying that God will fill them with joy. And you can do it to each other at the same time, don't you? So yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's a community thing. We need to step into that community.